What's up, everybody? Welcome back to DIY Music. I was uh, just sitting down on the the floor, which is something I usually don't do, and uh, I was making some glitch art. And I guess it was like a little bit meditative, and it got my mind thinking. And um, and I I was thinking back to the Portishead thirty three in a third book. Um, I'm I'm still about halfway through it. And one of the things that really, really stuck out to me is the time that they took to get the sounds that they wanted. And and this is kind of completely separate from the songs themselves, you know, com- completely separate from the, the songs, the lyrics, you know, all, all that stuff. Really just kind of like the the meat of the song in terms of instrumentation and and the tonality of the instruments that that they used and created and and chopped and all this stuff and I I can go into detail and I probably will end up going and in, in, into all in, into all the detail but um essentially they just took an extraordinarily long amount of time just to get it to meet their expectations you know if um so as an example they um let's say it would be like a uh like a bass riff that was playing on keyboard i think it's his mysterions where it's like dun 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 you know where where they would record it and i i I suppose back then i don't know if it was still tape you know eight inch cassette what what have you but this is what really caught my attention is that they would actually have it printed on vinyl. So they would basically make their own samples. They they would write their own stuff. And not even trying to like recreate another sample. This is just all original material. But they would organize it into a sample-y fashion. Um, so they would create it and then record. And then somewhere along, you know, those two areas there it would go through a sampler that would of course impart the sampler's tonality on it <clears throat> then they would print it to vinyl so they they would have all this stuff i guess there was like a local uh lathe or or what whatever um they they would have it printed to vinyl then they would even destroy it even further where they would have you know their their dj crate digger um i i can't recall the the name of the guy but it was it was also very interesting to realize just how many people were involved in that in addition to just the the core group but so they would take it print to vinyl and then basically just wear it down to make it sound like it was a, a found sample now this is probably seemingly like a very long way to go around it but then what they're left with is an album that people are still listening to to this day that people are writing books about like and it's it's just amazing and and then i i think so after the um the vinyl record i think they might even sample it again and you know getting it the the process just can kind of continue as long as you want and and i think that we can do that within our digital area probably you know easier than what they did of course it's going to sound a little bit more pristine but um, I, I, you know, you perhaps if if you've been listening for a while, you've you've heard me mention time and time again, my favorite uh reactor six um I don't know what you call it plug in whatever it's free, the VHS audio degradation suite um you know you can run stuff through there just be careful of facing issues with that because I've noticed a couple 
uh, you know, but every now and again when I run samples through it, um, I think it's like the wow and the, and the flutter sometimes. Um, so that's just one thing to be mindful of if you're using that specific, uh, like instance thing. Um, so sorry about that. I'd take a, a super quick break, but, um, so yeah, so, so what we can do within the digital domain, um, you know, things like that VHS audio degradation suite. I'm I'm also thinking about um old cassette, two tracks, four tracks, eight tracks, you know, bouncing stuff to that, messing with the pitch, putting it back into Pro Tools, like, yeah, it's time consuming and in the digital age, like we might not have the patience for it. But you would maybe be surprised and or yeah, I think that's everything is that you know, working towards that surprise because you might not know what it's going to sound like. Um, I it's it, it's on Bandcamp somewhere, but I did a cover of Tracy Bonham's "Kisses," um, which has been one of my favorite songs since I first heard it, like way, way, way back in high school. And uh, and I I did something quite similar where I tracked everything into Pro Tools, bounced it to the Fostex X55, pitched it down, back into Pro Tools, and then I think I recorded my normal pitched vocals. So I think I even did it just for the guitar, and then I sang to the pitch down guitar, you know, and just like weird little stuff like that to kind of, um, just to be different. And, and not necessarily being different for its own sake, but being different so that you're you're being true to yourself and, and, and finding your own unique vision. Um, you know, there's, you know, the, the more I'm on Instagram, there's, there's just so much stuff that's, that's beyond awesome. And then there's also so much stuff that's like barely worth listening to because it's just kind of photocopy cookie cutter Xerox type, type music. Um, and there's room for that too, I suppose. And that's you know what one of the great things about music is that there there is room for everything. And then my my as as I was sitting down, my my train of thought started to go towards um, both the long tail and the short tail. So, um, you know, back to the current short attention span digital age that we are in, like. Yeah, you kind of do have to rush content out sometimes, but I think that there's a a happy medium between the two, between taking your time and and like like crafting a song or, you know, crafting the instruments and everything like that and also getting content out there and, you know, for for me, it's streaming and and practicing the songs. Um but yeah, I, I think you could also just put out like demos of stuff and, you know, the my first counter argument would be like, oh, well, people have already heard it. Like, I love listening to demos. Like, like if, if the album is good, um, the first thing that comes to mind is Shadows Collide with People by John Frusciante, where he released an album of the demos prior to that. And I think he also even did an acoustic version of the album because he said he wasn't going to tour for the record but this is what it would have sounded like which I thought was also so cool so there's you know if you could play around with that same exact song you know throw out the you know the initial guitar idea even though there might not be a chorus or you know and and then you know put out the demo and you know and and then as I'm talking this stuff through it kind of 
I'm, I'm thinking about Patreon, even though I have very, very little knowledge uh, about that site, but I think that this kind of stuff would work quite well for that. Or, you know, SoundCloud also. Um, so, yeah, I think there's quite a bit to uh, to think about there, and um, I, I hope that this, this helps. And um, I'm still getting used to the new Anchor um, stuff. I'm, I'm digging it so far. Just the whole UI thing, you know, just got to, with, with enough time, um, just kind of get used to the UI. And just want to say thank you guys so much for listening. And it's, it's really cool. And I'm, you know, I've been doing it for a, a while here. I'm going to keep doing it. And let me know if there's any subjects that you all would, you know, that you want to hear more or, or less of. <laughs> and uh, I'll do my best. Uh, you know, v- video games are probably not going to go away for, for me because um, that is d- definitely a passion of mine. But, uh, um, yeah, hope everybody's doing well. Happy Friday. And uh, I will talk to you all soon. Peace.